Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Healing Conversations. My name is Einav Avni. I'm an energy healer and a coach, and I work mainly with people suffering from chronic pain, chronic illnesses, and unexplained medical conditions to heal or reduce their symptoms, mostly with energy healing. And this podcast is for you. It's really about healing and about conversations. And I'm sure there is something here that you meant to, to listen to or to hear, if I should say it better. So please take a moment, open your heart and enjoy the conversation. And now let's get started. And with me today is Jessica Amaya Imenez. <laughs> I have to try. <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> Jessica, it's so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm doing as well as I can. I mean, I'd have to say I take sips of self-care throughout my days, whether that's like a five-minute meditation or maybe a fancy iced coffee I make at home. <laughs> but we all need those spoons of energy to tackle our bigger tasks for the day. Uh, so I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I do like that. P pockets of, of, you know, pockets of me. Um, so so let's get started and tell us tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I am registered with the Virginia Board of Counseling in the United States as a qualified mental health professional, child specialization. I work for a company called Health Connect America, and I'm moving into family-centered treatment services with them. And I'm also finishing up my master's at Liberty University in clinical mental health counseling. So I am an official counselor in training and should be graduating here in December to be a resident in counseling. Wow, <laughs> that sounds like quite impressive and also quite hard work. Uh, how are you finding the studies? Um, a little bit overwhelming at times, I'd have to say, with a baby at home and trying to have a life with my husband and then also doing some advocacy work for the Virginia Parent Council, balancing that with studies is like, ah. Uh, but I do the best I can with what I have. Yeah, that's that's all we can ask, right? That's, that's so nice. Uh, so let's get started with the actual conversation uh, today. So the the topic of the of the conversation, I love it about emotional uh, emotions and how what is it? Emotional safety and repair. <laughs> so I am all about emotions and really safety and repair. Please tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So anything I'm going to talk about right now, I do have like a research basis in as well as like some experience basis, but I want to let you know that a lot of the research I get comes from like my university's library of peer-reviewed research articles, the National Institute of Health, American Psychological Association. So I want to say just that my sources, I, I make sure that those references come from good sources that would be accurate information. And some of the common names in emotional research and attachment theory, as well as parenting and child development, are like John Bowlby, Matthew Lieberman, and John Gottman. There's a lot, but we'll just touch on that. Um, but emotional safety and repair. Uh, we know what physical safety is, right? We, we know that we need to have a roof over our heads. We need to feel as if we aren't threatened in the environment in any way. But what is emotional safety? So I kind of want to hear from you what you think it is first, and then we'll kind of talk about it. Right. Throw it right back at me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, emotional safety, I guess it's, it feels to me like uh, where you are aware of your emotions and you feel like you can express them and feel that you are going to be seen and acknowledged rather than criticized and, you know, harmed in any way. Um, so, so really, I guess I'm answering it as an emotional health, but maybe that's also safety. I, um, I think you got it. I think you got it right on the head because uh, emotional health is allowing us to feel safe. And that felt safety is what is allowing our emotions to be able to be expressed. If we weren't feeling safe inside, we couldn't be vulnerable and say what's going on. We wouldn't feel like it was an appropriate place. We wouldn't feel like we would be protected in that. And, you know, sheltering children or ourselves from all of life's difficulties is impossible. We don't want to take away all of the opportunities to build resilience anyway, but it is important to ensure that our home, our relationships, anywhere we are relating to people that we care about, uh, or even those that we don't, even in just small everyday conversations, we want those to be emotionally safe, a place where you know, the other person and ourselves can feel free to be ourselves, feel free to express our feelings, like you're saying, and just in general, recover from the storms of life. I have to just say, so I guess there's, there's something, right? Because with my work with emotions, I, th I think a lot of people don't understand what emotions they're actually experiencing. They, they maybe generally can differentiate is it a, is a happy feeling or a positive one or is it a negative one, but not necessarily know the name of the emotions or, or actually where it's coming from or really what to do with it. So, so then when we go to also acknowledging other people's emotion, I think a lot of the time people really do feel really lost with that because they immediately get caught in the story and, and think it's about me. If you're feeling especially if you're feeling negative, it must be because of me, or maybe I'm expected to, to save you or, or something like that. So I'm really curious to, to know what, what you think about all these you know, questions that pop up in my head. Actually, those are some really great things to point out. Emotional awareness overall, I think, is not uh, overly high. Uh, it's not something we really teach in schools or prioritize, although I think it really should be. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that we don't have role models for that as much. We don't have an option to learn about that as much. So the three things that really help us learn are motivation, opportunity, and exposure. If we're not really exposed to it and we don't really have a lot of opportunities for it, how are we going to get that motivation? We, we only get that once we start learning, hey, this is actually a thing and maybe I should start paying attention to it. Um, I would like to touch back on something you said earlier about like, you know, there's no criticism and things like that. And I want to say that that part ties into the repair aspect that I'm, I'm thinking of in regards to emotional safety and repair because everyone makes mistakes, specifically relating to parents. Did you know that <laughs> only 30% of parents get it right, even when they're like the best parents as per research indicated, they are only getting it right 30% of the time. So mistakes are a chance to learn and grow. They're okay. It's just what we do after the mistake that really matters. And, and so, yeah, of course we don't wanna emotionally ambush someone by causing them to be flooded with negative emotions of criticism, sarcasm, things like that. 
but we do want to be able to make it right. So even when we make those mistakes, even if we can't identify, you know, what is this emotion I'm feeling? And, um, you know, why is it causing me to be irritable? Even if we can't get to that level yet, we can still look at, oh man, I really hurt this person by saying, uh, you know, that one comment, I didn't mean to hurt them. So I can choose to then make it right uh, based on that circumstance. And I, I call it make it right. Some people, um, call it repair. Some people, you know, there's different names it can go by really like conflict resolution. Uh, so it's, it's really just more about our willingness to say, oops, I made a mistake and to keep trying doing the very best we can every day. I, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, um, earlier when we, we spoke before we came live, I, I told you about my daughters. They're currently nearly 13 and they're 16. And, um, and I, when when they were born, I I knew that they were here to teach me, and I was meant to to really follow their lead. And and this is so interesting because when when you're talking about mistakes and you know thirty percent getting it right and all of that, or getting it right thirty percent of the time, this is this is really interesting for me because is it getting it right according to what really? If if we're following what our kids are telling us, then it's really, really, I feel it's about our flexibility and ability to, to listen and to to agree that they are the ones that kind of setting up the rules rather than it being the other way around. Um, I, I do feel that for me, definitely, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, you know, if I, if I think that what I know is more important than what my daughter is telling me, then I'm going to get it wrong for sure because she's obviously she's aware of of something that I'm not. So yeah, it just it just really it's really interesting for me because it's it's like really showing that when we're allowing ourselves to be flexible, we have better chances of of getting things right or maybe not getting things so wrong. Um, but so being willing to to learn, being willing to be open and and know that actually. Even if I read all the books and I think this is the best way to to do something, you know, with my kids, I can still get it wrong because it's wrong for them and who they are. Actually, yeah, it's a really good point. Like we do need to listen to our children too. They are also people. We all have something to add to the context of whatever situation it is, and if we're not open then we're not going to see what it is they're trying to present in that. Now, I do think that, you know, we do need to also set rules and boundaries. You can't have just the child leading everything, uh, in my opinion, anyway, because setting some structure allows them to grow under a different set of rules, learning different kinds of, like, responsibilities, like we were talking about earlier. They're, they're, has to be somewhat of that balance because yes, they are still the child and they're still learning to make those decisions. So they're going to make that quote unquote right choice like less often than we would as they're learning. Um, however, they need those opportunities to be able to make that choice so that they can learn from that because we learn from our mistakes. And so uh, we can also make sure to set that safe environment for them where they can feel comfortable to go out and make those mistakes. Because if they don't feel comfortable, they might hide behind like perfectionism and just acting as if they do always know everything or get everything right. And 
that's normal anyway. That's going to happen sometimes. But it would happen much more should you not allow them to know it's okay to not be perfect. So how, how do we approach this? How, how do we know that, that we're doing, you know, that the, the way that we do things is, is right and not harming or not belittling? Or how, how do we even know where to start, how to start? Well, the way that I look at it is, is if you're doing something to that child that would hurt you if it's done to you, you know, that idea of the golden rule, like do unto others as they do and you want them to do unto you, um, you know, yelling, criticism, sarcasm, excluding them, other ways that make them feel nervous or view like what's happening in their environment as like an emotional threat instead of like you being a neutral person or emotional comfort, those things affect someone else so just kind of thinking of it from their perspective um you know making sure to really just check ourselves before we act as best as we can anyway right okay this is going to turn into like a you know personal uh, <laughs> counseling session i guess <laughs> I was just thinking, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying that, yes, you, basically, if your heart is pure, if you don't mean to harm or hurt or anything, then, you know, you're probably doing okay, right? As long as you you don't try to be malicious and, and hurtful and all of that, then, then that's okay. Plus, asking the question in the first place, what what can I do? That also makes it more okay because you're, you're searching for, like, what to do right and that, kind of brings that wisdom of what to do to you, I think, as well. Yeah, I, I like that question. What can I do? Um, yes, I guess I had a conversation with my older daughter the other day, and um, and there was a lot of uh, stress at, at, at that moment for, for whatever reason. And, um, and then I noticed that there was no right way, because whatever I said, it was always the wrong thing to say. And it wasn't helpful. I wasn't you know, there was none of that. It was just not being able to help regulate and, and you know, take a step backwards and seeing things from a bigger picture that will help her to, to find the solution that she needed. Um, so I guess there is another aspect of that. It's, it's a, yes, definitely we want to make sure that we, we are kind to people. But also, what about us? <laughs> There's a few different things in what you're saying because in the conversation with your daughter, it sounds like you are giving her a safe space to express. Yeah, sometimes we can't find solutions to things, and that's kind of the way that life is. Sometimes we can't regulate. Even if you have someone to help you co-regulate, even if it's not just self-regulation, you might be there offering, you know, an empathetic space and or maybe even a physical hug or things like that that really do help foster that safety and continue that opportunity to regulate. But sometimes it just isn't going to be that way there's going to be like i was saying in the beginning i guess sheltering uh from all life's difficulties isn't possible whether it's you know your child in that circumstance with trying to help them regulate or it's it's you you know you're gonna it's gonna be hard it's gonna be tough on you it, emotional things are heavier and i think that's sometimes people's like reasoning for turning away from them because it isn't easy. It is wading through murky waters that aren't visible right in front of us, that tangible thing we can grab a hold of. So 
it's all these abstract concepts and we're just trying to do, you know, the best we can in them. So really, I mean, it sounds like you offered your daughter the best you had in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a, it was a very interesting moment. But um, how do we encourage our kids to pay attention to their emotions, to express their emotions, to to come out of whatever you know wall <laughs> they are hiding behind, to to really let it out and and show them that they are safe. Okay, so it takes a few different steps and it's going to be over time. It's not going to be immediate, but the fact of the matter is, is that to encourage someone else to do something right, that's us needing to empower them. It's us needing to guide them. And then it's us needing to support them. And we can only do that by role modeling. So labeling emotions that we have when they come up, uh, we can also do that by labeling their emotions because as children are growing, they're learning to, to see those things. And, you know, for example, spite is a high level complex emotion where they might, you know, have uh, been in an argument with you and then they come and they grab it and they take a cookie out of spite that they weren't supposed to have had, but they really wanted it. And then, you know, you tell them like, hey, you know, you were feeling really mad at me because of the argument, because of what I had said. And then you came out of your room and you took this cookie and it was out of spite. And that gives them that name. Oh, that's the emotion that I was feeling. Like my heart felt all black and it felt like it was like closing in on itself. And, you know, then they're able to relate. Okay, well, this is how I felt. This is what it's called. And then that increases the awareness which can increase the management later on. So like I said, it's a process too, because not only are you going to be modeling it for them and helping them label it, but then you're also going to be, you know, maybe giving them what's called emotional surprises. So you're going to try to help flood them with positive emotions too. And you can do that by genuinely complimenting them about their descriptive actions. So praise versus, um, well, it's like encouragement versus praise because you don't want to just tell them, you know, you did a good job. You want to say, hey, you really did a good job cleaning those dishes so that they can relate that praise to what they're actually doing. Uh, telling them that you're grateful for them or that you love them. Uh, sometimes we take these things for granted or we forget to do them in our daily lives, but making sure to help them feel that calm, safe and comforted feelings around you are going to be done with these kind of like smaller instances that add up to the bigger picture. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. And and I'm just I'm just um, thinking. So so I guess I'm trying to make it make it um, you know solid in my head. <laughs> uh, so this is this is how I can help them. We can help them to to feel safe in their emotions. So we we have them to to name their emotion. Obviously, that that is important to to understand that there's more emotions than just angry, you know, hating and and you know happy. Uh, there, there's more emotions than that. Um, and and so how how are we now bringing it back into the repair bit? So 
of course i can look at any any you know look at as the situation as it is at the moment and then think to myself do i need to do more repair or do i need to to do more safety how are we always able to do that sometimes i guess as parents we feel that we are really a little bit too close to all of this and that whatever we say is not the right thing to say and uh, how do we make a, you know a situation a stressful situation be better well uh yeah i do think it's a good idea to introduce the idea of you know is now like a time to introduce some more safety is now a time to introduce like repair um based on what your child is sort of showing you um and and you can do repair in in different ways like it's going to look different in different circumstances so um I guess if you are going to just make sure like you're continually trying to make it right, this opportunity can be helpful as training for the future relationship. So, you know, if a parent doesn't repair, they're teaching the child that they should not repair relationships, but let them slowly just degrade over time. And then these same concepts are true for romantic or even friend relationships. Everyone's going to make those mistakes. There's going to be arguments. You are using this repair to try to help these situations build deeper bonds because we know it's already going to exist. So then we are making sure to own that existence. We're making sure to say, yeah, I did make a mistake. So that ownership and accountability is a part of it. Uh, you know, there's giving them space because emotional safety isn't just being right there and you know, apologizing, hugging, and like trying to throw all of the things together at once, because sometimes with emotions being hard to process, like we're talking about, you know, that child may need to take some time alone, process things, you may not be able to talk about it even that day, some, some people take longer to come to a place where they feel comfortable talking about it, you can check in with them, like, hey, I know earlier, it was a lot like I was yelling, you were yelling, we've taken some time is now a good time to kind of talk about what happened? Or do you need some more space? And so just really being transparent and vulnerable and like initiating that first connection is going to allow them to feel emotionally safe. And it's also going to pave the road for repair, even if it doesn't happen at that instant. I really like that. I think for me, one of my, my big thing to, to have learned is that I don't have to fix everything and I don't even need to try and fix everything and sometimes it is really about allowing the kids to to come to me if they if they feel that yes I should you know to invite me into <laughs> to this fixing party um so we, we're nearly coming to the end of of our conversation um so I'm curious are you working mostly with with the parents or with the children or both I do work with both. I actually work with children ages two to 22, pretty much. Uh, and I also do parental training and then I actually do family systems work with a family as a whole. So I kind of get usually each piece in perspective, which from that, honestly, it shows, I think, a bigger context that you're like, saying earlier you know sometimes we're too close sometimes to see things but like taking a step back and trying to see things like even when you're not in that situation like even when I'm home not with my clients like I'm I'm trying to think okay 
this is how I feel about it. This is how they feel about it. This is how we might like see this play out in our family. Um, and, and you just try to, you know, manage that because it is a blessing to be able to work with children because they are a special population that is one of the most disempowered populations because usually they're being told what to do, where to do it, how to do it, and being taken there and being picked back up from it. And so that like lowered amount of empowerment can really be changed in the parent-child relationship and they can be empowered to make choices that will help them learn and grow as we work them. Um, you know, like you said, like we're learning from them as much as they're learning from us. So yeah it's it is such a complex um topic i i i feel <laughs> but uh thank you jessica it's it's been a pleasure to to speak with you and to hear really about these two sides of emotions the the as you say the safety and the repair um and and i really like that because also you know in in any situation in life we we have a tendency to to look at something and say well it is done this is this is how it is and actually what you're saying is that there is another way and we can always improve even if there's already damage there. It, it doesn't have to continue to be that way. We can definitely learn, we can definitely expand and, and you know get new ideas and do things in a different way that bring us more empowerment and more connection. Mm -hmm. so that, that's, a, that's a really beautiful message to, to bring out into the world. So thank you so much. Thank you for the message. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you.